As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. We serve a limitless God who can do anything, change anyone, and move everywhere. God is in the business of lifting lids and removing the self-imposed borders and barriers in our lives. That's limitless. Faith without borders. I recognized that I had all along been faithful in giving, but it had been sort of me first. I started looking at things differently. How can, how can I be a blessing to others with my resources? Because I have so much. Through this journey, God's really showing me that ultimately through all of this is he wants my heart. He wants me to trust him through this process about God wanting to do something in me before he can do something through me. Going from I'm giving because I'm supposed to or because I am expected to, to giving because you can't wait to see what God does with this and how he'll multiply it. I mean, you have to step into something, you know, if, if you really want to grow your faith, you know, beyond whatever borders or confinement that you've created. It's really just all mm-hmm. about trusting him. We've been a part of High Point long enough to see how those resources we've invested in the church is multiplied. Mm-hmm. God is really showing me and showing us, I would say, that He's there and He's going to provide. He's going to lift us up and He's going to give us what we need. Jesus, He looked at His disciples and He said, With man, it's impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. There there hasn't been any circumstance that we haven't come up against where God hasn't shown up and proven Himself faithful. That's why we believe God is limitless. I don't want at the end of my life or even tomorrow to feel like I forfeited an opportunity to bless somebody else. God has no limits, and I don't think he's going to put a limit on me in my generosity. We have seen what God has done in our own lives, and as a church, if we're all on the same page and all on this limitless journey, we can't even imagine how it will affect our community and the world, really. All right, man. We've been saying since the beginning that God's got to do something in us before he does something through us. And I believe that those videos, those testimonies, it's a guarantee, man. God has got something going. Does he not? I, thank you for the one guy back there. I knew this was going to be a crazy idea. I'm telling you right now. But in a moment, we are going to celebrate. And we're celebrating, as Craig said, two years of where we're headed with the vision of what God has. And so we got this little, I don't know, this count, uh, this ticker. That's what it is. And it's going to show us the amount. And that's what everybody's been asking me. They're like, well, what's the amount? Ever since we did this Commitment Sunday a couple weeks ago, everybody's like, what's the amount? What's the amount? I don't know the amount. 
Not because they didn't tell me, but because it keeps going up as more people continue to commit. So you got to remember, it's a two-year journey. So we're really excited. I want to welcome everybody online and uh, get ready, man. Let's get going with this celebration. So get this stuff ready. This is the amount of resources that have come in with commitments and expanded, extended giving, as well as what? Expected giving. So you can see, man, it's over $6 million. Can we praise God for that, that, that we are seeing some things? And that represents... Just hold on, we're, we're getting $8 million, $10 million, are we going to get there? That Come on, man, we're getting there, we're getting there. $10 million. That represents, don't wear yourself out, that represents our normal budget, and this is all over. So look at this, High Point locations, church home in St. Vincent, we're going to help them with that. Come on now, five international church plant hubs. 13 million for expanded revamp cares. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, man, we're talking about church planting. 14 million. Keep going. It's keeping going. That what? That wait for it. Wait for it. I'm telling you, man, this is, you guys are inspirational. $15 million for the Lord's work. Uh, is that, let's praise the Lord for $15 million of expended giving. But that's not it. I don't know. Is, 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 is that it? I, I don't think so. It's $16 million. Praise the Lord. I mean, honestly, for those of you who are at home, I hope you grabbed a pot or a pan and something and going like this. We actually have a few people with pots and pans in the back. We're a little concerned about them. But seriously, I'm speechless at at, at what God is doing. But I got to remind you of something. I have enough faith to believe that we are going to reach the secondary goal. Some of you will remember that it was 19 million. Because this isn't the ending place. This isn't the finish line today. This is the starting place. And new people are going to join. They're going to come on board. And some, if we're honest, you know what? You're right. We swang for the fences, man. We said we're going to believe God for some huge things that we can't do of our own. And some have kind of stepped back and and they haven't made a commitment yet. A lot of people made first-time commitments. We had 55 people that represents nearly 200 households that, or 255 households with 200 people that did what? They gave for the first time. But some are like, I don't know, I'm not sure. Should I do it? And, and I believe that more people are going to jump on as a result of what God is doing. So if you did, yeah, come on, let's give it up. If, if you didn't, I mean, we thought everything, man. If you didn't leave your little cookie, it's time to take that out and eat that now. And so this is actually called the maroon. And you say, well, mine's maroon. It's actually, I don't know what color. That's high point colors. But okay, I messed that up. I don't even know what I, I'm not. I'm not cultured enough with the food industry, but it tastes really good. 
So um, take a bite of that and then take the horn and try to blow through it. No, don't do that. For the benefit of the person sitting in front of you. But seriously, as we're having some fun, and if you're new with us and joining for the first time, man, we're just excited. And so I can catch you up in three words. But what do I mean? Well, what is limitless? And even for those that are trying to, you know, hey, I'm not sure what's going on. We're swinging for the fences. What's this going to look like? Three words. Greater gospel impact. That's limitless. Yes. Greater gospel impact in me. Greater gospel impact in you. Greater gospel impact in our families. Are, we, are you hearing me? Greater gospel impact in our communities, in our workplace, in even in our world. I mean, I am foolish enough to believe that with the chaos that we've experienced over the last two years that is going on for the next two years, with all we're reading, all we're seeing, all we're coming up against, greater gospel impact is God's way to remedy these situations. And it doesn't fall on just somebody else, it falls on us. So we're in a series called Life Verses, and today's Life Verse is going to give us an equation for greater gospel impact. So this is an equation, but before we get to it, let's look at the verse. We'll look at it in three different versions. First with the ESV, that's the one I normally uh, read from. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God to everyone who believes, to, first to the Jew and then to the Greek. How about the amplified version? I love how they put some emphasis on the personal response. We'll get to it. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news of Christ, for it's God's power working unto salvation, for deliverance from eternal death to everyone who believes with a personal trust and a confident surrender, love that, and a firm reliance to the Jew first and also to the Greek. How about the message? This is um, one that I've actually been reading during my own personal time, just time with God, just for a little break. I'm reading through the message this year. It's news I'm most proud to proclaim. This extraordinary message of God's powerful plan to rescue everyone who trusts him, starting with Jews and then right on to everybody else. Greater gospel impact. Here's the formula. Get ready to write this down. Boldness plus transparency plus clarity times, here's the multiplying factor, intentionality equals greater gospel impact. It equals limitless gospel impact. That's what we're going for. Limitless gospel impact in your life, in my life, in the life of our church so that we can reach others throughout the globe. That's limitless. Let's take a look at each of these um, words one at a time and I'll show you how we got them from the text is boldness. That's what Paul's talking about. He's the letter, he wrote the letter to the Romans, the Roman people, and, and he says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. And this word, ashamed in its original language, it's used in the Greek in the New Testament 11 times. And it literally means that I'm not going to be embarrassed. I'm not going to be humiliated. We've all been embarrassed and humiliated, have we not? You know that, don't leave me up here. You know the feeling and of embarrassment. And maybe for you, it was in your neighborhood and you're getting to work fast, and so you, you step on the gas, and you're racing through, and the cop gets you in your neighborhood where you know he sits, 
And then everybody's looking to look and looking in and to see, and you're like this, right? You're embarrassed. You're humiliated. It's not me. Maybe it's the call you got for your son in the principal's office, and you get the call, be here in a half an hour. I got little Johnny, and he's in the office, and I need to talk to you right now. There's a little embarrassment because you don't know what's coming. You notice I used little Johnny and not he versus she because I got three girls. I never got that call. (laughs) Or maybe, I don't know, maybe if it happened, you were over at Mariano's and maybe on Saturday and, and you had a full cart and you decided to make them do the work. Why do we do the work at the checkout? Come on now. So I come in with, oops, I didn't want to say me, come in, and he starts taking this kid, and all of a sudden, he, he, I don't have a wallet. And this little punk kid, he says to me, well, go put everything back. I was embarrassed and humiliated. I'm joking around. I just took the stuff and ran. The bill was 250 bucks. All I had was a, uh, some eggs and some milk. That's how bad things have gotten. Amen. Your, <laughs> Carla, <laughs> I love this woman, and it's been a long, year, a long time. Okay. All right, hold on now. I would recognize that voice anywhere. <laughs> At times, I'm in the middle, and I get woken up by that voice. <laughs> okay, now listen. Raise your hand with me if you've ever felt humiliated. Everybody, I'm lying. You're never going to feel that way when it comes to the gospel. You're never going to feel humiliated yourself. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to be easy. I'm not saying everybody's going for it and saying, give me more. All I'm saying is that when it comes to God and the Holy Spirit, you're not going to feel ashamed that your desire is to get the gospel forward. And so what is the gospel? Well, it's, it's the good news. It's the good news that Jesus Christ went to the cross, died a death he didn't deserve. Bible actually says he became sin on our behalf. That's what Friday is all about. Good Friday. Not so good for him, but really good for us. And then on Sunday, what happened? He rose from the grave. And, and, and man, to new life so that we could experience life change. And that's what we want to see everyone experience. And so today, actually, is if you follow the calendar, it's, it's, what is today, Palm Sunday. And so sometimes, you know, palms, people give out palms, and maybe you grew up in a church like that. We've often done it here. And, and you give palms because it's that story in the Bible a week before what happened. Jesus wrote in, and he finally got the praise he deserved. And the people, they took the palms, and they waved, and they shouted. So we didn't give you any palms, but we give, gave you this. So are we ready to celebrate, what, this Palm Sunday? Come on now, give it up. Palm Sunday, give it to me once, even in the balcony. I feel like I don't want to shut that down, but I'm concerned about the person in front of you with the macaroon in them. That's boldness. Boldness is not some red-faced preacher pounding on a pulpit. Boldness is not even some person downtown Chicago standing on the street corner, and hear my heart in this, with a sign that says repent. Boldness isn't even this, and please, again, hear my heart's desire. It's not blocking some abortion clinic 
so, so that people can't get in it. Man, boldness, we've defined it like this throughout the history of our church, that boldness is a spirit-led conviction and enablement that I gotta do three things. I must share who Jesus is. I, I must share what he's done. And I must share the what's in it for you. What he wants to do in you. He wants to forgive sin. He wants to give you purpose. He wants to change your life. That's boldness. And so by spirit-led conviction, I mean that I don't always share the gospel when I want to. I didn't feel like sharing it with this kid at Mariano's. I, I didn't do it. But, but, but that's not what I'm taught. It's a conviction. It, it, it's like I want to do it, but I don't always do it. So that's why it's a spirit-led enablement that God actually, if you're in tune with him, he will give you the strength to do it. You say, I don't have the words to share. Hey, join the club. In the heat of the moment, it's like, whoa. But I love Matthew chapter 10. Please write down verse 19 and 20. It's, Jesus simply says this, for it is not you who speak, it is the spirit of your father who speaks through you. So he gives you the words. Have you ever been in that place where you're just like, whoa, I don't know where that came from. Anybody? Because God will meet you in it. And so... That's boldness. And, and we've demonstrated boldness here with these clappers and this when we're celebrating what this day represents throughout church history. But my caution flag is that it's easier to do it here than out there. Anybody with me? It's easy to do it here. But out there, and so this is what we're doing. So in your bag, um, after you're done with your cookie, um, there's a card, and if you've been here for any length of time, you'll already see that normally what we do is we ask you to fill this out. This is praying for your friend, your relative, your um, coworker, whoever it is in your life that may have turned their back on God, is far from God, given up on church, doesn't go to a gospel preaching church. Know what I'm talking about? I went to church for a long time and never heard the gospel once. Clearly. And so we're asking, let the Lord lay somebody on your heart, write the name down, and then what we do always, tradition here, is we do this one or two times a year for what we call impact service, which is coming in Easter, and then after the end of the service, worship team comes up, and then there's this big response, and you lay the card down. We're going to do it different this year. I want you, during the message, I believe that God's going to lay somebody on your heart if he hasn't already. I want you to write their first name down on the card, any other information you want to give us. I want you to put your name so that we can pray specifically for you and them. I want you to do what the card says, and I want you to tear off. This is your portion to keep as a reminder for you for this week. And then at any point of the service, even while you're speaking now, yes. I want you to get up, and I want you to just drop it. You could even go right in front here. Just drop it right there. Well, don't drop it like that and be kind of, you know... Just place it on the altar. You say, isn't that going to be a distraction? Yes, it is. But I want that kind of distraction. I want that kind of distraction because every time you, gotta, you see somebody getting up and walking up front or, or you got to move over to the side a little bit and, and, and it's a little uncomfortable, I want the distraction that God still speaks, God wants us to share, and God is laying people on our hearts and minds that he wants us to make an impact with. That's not a distraction. 
So do it. Do it right now. Just write the name down. Come forward. It isn't a distraction. Because I believe God still speaks. Let's praise God for his goodness as people begin to respond. This is throughout the message. And so second, second thing is this. We talked about um, boldness. Now we're going to talk about transparency. And so transparency is this idea that God's changed you. Thank you so much. Two cards. Awesome. God, God changes us. And I believe we need to be more transparent and open about what he's actually done. And he's provided all kinds of freedom for some of us. And, and can we talk about what he's freed us from with the people around us? That gives hope. And so in the verse, it says, for it is the power of God. So it's not you, it's the power of God. This original word in its original coiny grank language, if you double click on it, it gives us the English word dynamite. So what this is saying is that God wants to blow up some stuff in your life. Amen? He wants to get rid of some stuff that he's not going to work with anymore. He wants to give you a new heart. He wants to give you a new mind. He wants to blow some stuff up for his good, your good, his glory. That's what it means. And so even we're writing down names because we believe in the power of God, that God can do some things with some people that we've lost faith in, that, that man... The creator, that I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I know it's the power of God. And so let's take a look. I love this about our church, how transparent and open we are. Look at a story of a guy in our church, Kent, good friend. This is what God's done in his life. I love how transparent and open he is. Let's learn from him. Hi, my name is Kent. Over the past year, my life has been transformed by the power of God. I had struggled with an addiction to lust and pornography ever since I was a teenager. In October 2020, I hit a really low point and I wondered, how many more years am I going to keep living in the same cycle of feeling guilt and shame, asking for forgiveness, and then finding myself back in the same situation again and again? And even though I've been really involved in church, I always felt alone and isolated with no one I could talk to about it. I'd heard about hope groups from a video played in church. But I was hesitant to go because I had fear. What are people going to think of me when they find out? What am I going to say to my wife when she starts asking me questions? But I ignored those fears and I came anyway, and I'm so glad I did. Because what I discovered was a whole group of people who had similar struggles. Now, every week at Hope Groups, someone shares a testimony. And I couldn't believe the openness and vulnerability. It was so impacting to me that at the end of the semester, I shared my story in front of the whole group, which was something I'd never had the courage to do before. Preparing and sharing my story was a turning point for me. When I was in front of my computer, thinking about what I was going to say in front of everyone about my sin issue, it put me face to face with the realities going on in my life. And the Lord used that to bring about change. I discovered through that process that I had a lot of anger and resentment towards my wife that was fueling my addiction. And after talking about that issue at my table for months over the summer, I just got so sick of it. Why am I hanging on to this anger and resentment? So in the fall of 2021, I was ready, and I finally let go of it. At that moment, I could feel the burden lifted off my shoulders. My attitude completely changed, and I've had freedom from my past sexual addiction ever since. And what I've learned since then is, it's actually not a battle with lust or a battle with pornography or a battle with anger and resentment. I always lost those battles. I realized that I have a problem with contentment in my heart. 
Paul says in Philippians 4, 12 and 13, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. In other words, I've always had the power to be content through Christ, but I just refused. So now when I find myself being tempted, the first thing I think of is, how is my contentment? And I try to address that issue in my heart right then and there before the lust can take root. In James 5.16, it says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. I am so thankful for hope groups because it's the right venue to be able to share openly and confess my sin and listen to others do the same. After all the years of holding resentment inside and hiding my sin, it is incredibly liberating to be clean before the Lord and my wife and the church with nothing left to hide and having freedom in Christ. That's transparency. I mean, he's dropping some truth, man. It wasn't about what you see, the fruit of the sin. It was about the root of contentment. Do you know how deep that is? And so it looks different in all of us. But for him, he he found the source. I mean, that's unbelievable. I love the transparency. Thanks so much, man. Dude, thanks for coming. Hey, yo, come on, man. Get over here. Play go- I play hoops with this guy. Come on, man. Give me a hug. What are you doing here? I don't see you every week. Yeah, I know. We love you. You know what? He's actually involved in another church where he, I could say so much. Thanks so much for being here, man. It's good stuff. Okay. We're praying for God to do something big in us as a church, but it starts with us as individuals. That's limitless. It's greater gospel impact. Next piece is clarity. And I think, follow me, I think sometimes we make it too difficult and too confusing. And so with our secret handshakes in the church as Christians and our I don't know, our Christian jargon and lingo that nobody else can understand? And how about our unrealistic and unbiblical expectations that we place on somebody to, before they even have the power to change? I thought I'd get one blowout for that. The clapper, yeah, that's good. I mean, it's too late. But isn't it true? And I've been saying it from this stage for years that If God doesn't expect regenerate behavior from unregenerated hearts, why do we? And so we got to make it clear. And so the gospel, the phrase, is for everyone who believes. This is the best part. Everyone. The gospel is no respecter of background. The gospel is no respecter of race or a prior religion. The gospel is no respecter of what side of the tracks you were born on. The gospel is no respecter of your job title or your W-2. I mean, it's for everyone. That's the gospel. And that's what our world needs. That gospel's not like that country club down the street, exclusive and, oh man, you need, you know what, just to get in there, I need three people who are members in there who can write a recommendation for me to be even considered to throw my name at the hat and then they want a half of my year's salary as an entrance fee. 
The gospel is nothing like that. Yes. Well, what is it? It's, it's the good news. And, and it's for everyone who believes. And, and so I think what happens is for each of us, and I include myself, is we got to recognize, to be clear with it, the clarity of expectations as we understand the process of what the gospel does in a human heart. And so let me show you a diagram that we just reviewed at, at our staff meeting this week. And so this is, we're calling it now the stages of believing, belonging, becoming like Jesus. That's our mission statement. We want to help people believe, belong, become. And so we didn't come up with this. You can see it's adapted from uh, someone else, but we changed it to fit our context. And so there's 16 stages. And, and so we won't go through all these, but it starts with no awareness of God. And that's what we're in right now. We're in a culture right now that it's very secular When I grew up, you grew up going to church even though you didn't understand it or didn't want to go. Now now people don't go to church and there's there's very secular culture that we're living in. And, And so then there's some awareness of God. Then there's interest in Jesus. Do you see the process? I mean, it's like one through 10. I would do this. Believe, belong, become. I would take the word believe and I would write it right across here from steps one to nine to 10. That's what it, the process of belief, that, that I've got to believe in who Jesus was. I've got to understand the implications of the truth of Jesus. I've got to ex- have acceptance of Christian truth. I've got to accept the implication of if I choose to become a Christian. And most people stall there. They're like, well, I've got to get my life together. No, that's the whole point why you become a Christian, because you don't have your life together. And, and so belief is a decision to surrender to Jesus. Is that helpful? So, so that's justification. This is sanctification. Don't confuse the two. I would write, become like Jesus from steps 11 to 16. I want to become like him. And so I'm going to gain confidence in the decision that I made. I'm going to experience life change, just like what we saw with Kent on the video. And then it's like, more. then you learn the basics of the faith and you learn the disciplines and you practice the disciplines. And then you have a desire in you to share with others. And it's a continued growth. And so I would write, become right here. You say, well, what do you do with belong? Do we just leave that out? This is where we sometimes, it's not all a linear process. We never meant it to be like that. I would just write belonging over the whole thing. And and catch where I'm going with this. I've seen people come involved and be on ministry teams even serving right behind the keys here and play the piano for us that weren't a Christian, but they were right in this area and they rubbed shoulders with other Christians and that inspired them to become a Christian. Come on now. And they, they had a sense of belonging to the church serving in our care center. Getting involved, rubbing shoulders with people like you and me. Yes, I know there's appropriate places where they can or maybe should not be serving. But, but we discount the fact that, man, we're supposed to be what? People rub shoulders with us, and that's involved in the process of change. Does that make sense? So, so don't, don't confuse becoming with believing. It, it's, it's unfair to people. That what this is about sanctification, us becoming like Christ. This is about this is about justification and salvation is the whole thing. Is 
as we belong together in Christ. Now, here's another diagram. Let me, let me throw this one at you. I call it now the gospel impact triangle. And so at the base of the triangle is this idea that what? That these two big blocks are all about relationship. So I'm saying you've got to have friendship daily with people. This isn't about one person. It's about that you're friendly with the people, the circle of influence that God has put in your life so you can have an impact and influence in their life so they can see you and you can see them and they could say, oh, wow, man, that's interesting how you responded. And then we would be committed to acts of kindness. I love that terminology. We had it back when we started the church. Got to get back to it. That I want to challenge you to a weekly act of kindness. With somebody at your workplace, somebody in your neighborhood, who is it this week that, God, I'm going to respond? And that's what the cards are for. Thank you, Pastor Craig, for finally responding. And, 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 and that we would have and think about, I don't know, there's in this service, we got 400 people, um, several people online. I mean, think about 400 times 52 weeks, that many acts of kindness going out. Do you think God can use that? I'm telling you, man, he will. And see, that's why it's the process. And, and so then we get into the top tier of the triangle. And this is where, you know, I think we, oh, they do this every couple times a year. We do this thing where you fill out a card. And please, we haven't, we've failed to communicate. This isn't about you doing it every time, every couple times a year for Christmas and Easter. What we're trying to do is get you to, to this is your lifestyle. This is how you view. This is the lens that you're looking through. And so the cultivate, plant, reap, you can see these are just suggestions. That's the idea that CPR. Now you getting it? I got to perform some CPR on some people around me, spiritually speaking, because they need a new heart. Because they don't have the power to change. And, And so if we would utilize the church and our relationships monthly and Maybe four to six times. How about two or three times a year? See, what we're doing next week is we're going to have a reaping service. And so we're going to present the gospel. This is where use the church, invite that person so that they can not only hear, but they could possibly respond. You got to lunch with them. Hey, what'd you think of that? Well, I thought that pastor was a little crazy. Yeah, me too. Play off of us. And that's what it's about. That's what these cards are about. That's what this Romans 1.16 challenge is, that, that you would invite someone a couple times a year that utilize the church, that you would even plan a couple times a year that, that man, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to make it clear to my friend that I went to college with, and I'm going to share my story, and I'm going to ask for a response. We Christians are horrible at asking for a response. We're terrible at it. Salesman, raise your hand. Saleswoman, salesperson. We got all in. You guys could teach us a lot. Because everyone that raised their hands, you know what? They got to ask for the order or they don't eat. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm just saying, like, Christians, it's okay to ask for a response. Hey, what do you think about what I just shared, my story? What do you think about the fact that you got to come to a point in time and make a decision for him for yourself? Have you done that? Drop the old school on them. If you were to die tonight. I'm, isn't it true? Like we just, we just got to, this I hope is, is to help you make an impact. It isn't about one Christmas or Easter service. It's about a lifestyle of change. And so really if I would just sum this up, it's intentionality. And that's the multiplier. So that's our next word. 
And then so we have this last phrase in this verse that it says, um, to the Jews first and also to the Greeks. So I, I could spend a lot of time on here. I'm going to cut to the chase. Please read Romans 9 through 11 for the full version of what I'm going to say. God was intentional in how he got the gospel out. He got it first to the Jews. Why? Because they were God's chosen people. And so he was extremely intentional. And do you know what the Jews did? They rejected it. They said, no thanks, we're not interested, we don't need it. Nope, don't want it. And then so what did that do? That got the Italians in, are you hearing me? (laughs) That got other people like you and me, the Gentiles, see the strategy in it. Read through the book of Acts. And please, God still has a plan for his chosen people in Romans chapter 9 through 11. Praise him. And so as the worship team's coming up, we're, I want us to gain perspective on we want to be extremely intentional. That, that's what we're going for, for greater gospel impact. We're going to be extremely intentional in how we use these resources to further God's kingdom for his glory. Can I get an Amen. Let's praise him for his goodness and his great. How intentional are you going to be this week? Some of us, man, we're so intentional with our diet and what we eat or what we don't eat or, or you know, I'm going to work out, I'm going to do this. Or Some of you better be intentional about April 15th is coming. You say, what's April 15th? Do you have a freaking job? You better know that date. Because they're going to be intentional at coming after you if you miss it. But seriously, I, there is a couple extra days. It's actually April 17th. Thank you for the correction. Let's limit those corrections to once per year. Thank you. I'm just kidding around. But I actually just filed yesterday, and they said April 17th, and I owed, some, I won't say how much, I owed money, and I'm like, oh, good, I got a couple extra days to earn this. But seriously, how intentional are you with the gospel? D.L. Moody, um, we all have probably heard that name, downtown Chicago. He was, actually got saved in Boston as a shoe salesman and came to Chicago and became an evangelist. There's a college named after him. There's a, there's a church named after him. But, but this is the thing. He was, his triangle looked different than ours. At the top of his triangle with Reap, he had the number 365. And he said, every single day, I want to share the gospel and ask for a response every day of my life. I mean, it just gives me a chill. Now, I'm not laying that on you. That was his thing. Can you imagine him waking up in, 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 in the middle of the night in downtown Chicago where he lived? And I didn't do it today. And so he gets up and I don't know, he stumbled over to, I don't know, Russian division. Anybody been down there at midnight? There's a lot of people. Hey, what's up? Oh, yeah. You imagine Del Moody, like, hey, did you hear about Jesus to free you from your addiction? <laughs> I mean, I'm joking, but it's true. He, he, he literally, that's what he was committed to. So I, I don't know what your number is. All I'm asking for today is, man, we as a church, greater gospel influence, limitless on gospel influence. Man, I'm committing you today that we're going to be more intentional in how we get the gospel out. We're doubling down on the discipleship of our students and our kids. We're doubling down on what are the core values for what we want to do. And so, I don't know, just think about it this. As the worship team gets ready to lead us, and as you think about more names to write, 
think, think about if the gospel depended exclusively on you, which I know it's crazy and foolish to think about, but sometimes I like to, this is what I think of when I lay in bed. If it just rested, man, on Ron Zappia's shoulders, like if the gospel, if, the, if it was just up to me, if it was just up to you, how far has it gone? How far has it gone the last week? How far has it gone the last six months? Man, how far has it gone the last five years? If it was just up to you, please, this isn't a guilt trip. I've just come to the relation that I've been entrusted with the gospel. And for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to everyone who believes. That's the gospel. That's what we're celebrating. That's what we want to engage in. Let's stand to our feet. And for those who haven't responded yet, please come up and lay the card down. Let's praise God for his goodness and his grace. Sing with us now in our response.